Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. So we are wrapping up our Lenten series today, this week, Journey to Transcendence, based on the book, The Engaged Spiritual Life, A Buddhist Approach to Transforming Ourselves and the World by Donald Rothberg. Over the last five weeks, we've been exploring some core principles that frame this journey, including kindness, generosity, curiosity, trust, and forgiveness. And today, our final theme is acting with equanimity. Equanimity meaning evenness and steadiness of mind, even under stress. The Buddha described equanimity as a mind that is abundant, immeasurable, and without hostility or ill will. In other words, it is the capacity to remain neutral, to observe from a distance, and to be at peace without getting caught up in what we observe. There is a well-known quote by Viktor Frankl, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. So equanimity is not the suppression of feelings, apathy, or inexpressiveness. In essence, it is about not taking anything personally, refusing to get caught up in the drama, either of our own or others. Equanimity allows us to stand in the midst of conflict or crisis in a way where we are balanced, grounded, and centered. It's the capacity to see the big picture with understanding. This journey to transcendence is an integrative path, inward transformation leading to outward transformation. Rothberg writes that there is a link between deep inner work, being spiritually grounded, and being socially engaged, in which our spiritual values infuse our response to the needs of the world, both individually and communally. It's about coming to see that our real work is the same whether we are tending to ourselves, to our families, to our communities, or to our larger society or ecosystem. The work is to be aware and present to what is happening, responding compassionately to suffering, understanding our interconnectedness, our interdependentness, and acting with grace, equanimity, and passion in difficult situations. And so if we want to bring our intelligence, creativity, and love into our relationships and our world, we need to be able to access an inner refuge of presence. I'd like to share a story. There was a story told of a king who offered a prize to the artist who would paint the best picture of peace. Many artists tried. The king looked at all of the pictures, but there were only two he really liked, and he had to choose between them. One picture was of a calm lake, The lake was a perfect mirror for peaceful, towering mountains all around it. Overhead was a blue sky with fluffy white clouds. All who saw this picture thought that it was the perfect picture of peace. The other picture had mountains too, but these were rugged and bare. Above was an angry sky from which rain fell and in which lightning played. Down the side of the mountain tumbled a foaming waterfall. This did not look peaceful at all. But when the king looked closely, he saw behind the waterfall a tiny bush growing in a crack in the rock. In the bush, a mother bird had built her nest. There in the midst of the rush of an angry waterfall sat the mother bird on her nest in perfect peace. The king chose the second picture. In his book, The Infinite Way, Joel Goldsmith describes life as God or source and writes that life is not at the mercy of matter. 
God or source is not at the mercy of matter. Matter is at the mercy of God, and more specifically, that of God within us, or our Christ nature. Goldsmith goes on to say that regardless of outward appearances, that we are invited to live our spiritual life with the understanding that all conflicts must be settled within our consciousness. As with our third principle, we create and can shift our experience of life through the thoughts that we hold in consciousness. And so there is within us, seeking expression as us, the power to create a world that works through everyone, beginning in consciousness. Imagine the power of this inner resource as we engage with the messy world that we live in. When we start to get trapped in feeling that our life is not how we would like it to be, to connect with the sense of equanimity, it can be useful to reflect that this is part of life, it too will change, but does it, until it does, I am willing to be with it as it is. This attitude is expressed in the well-known equanimity prayer. May I have the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. This sense of allowing can make it possible to rest in not knowing. All we know is that it is not how we would want it to be. And if that means that we are suffering, then we can feel compassion for ourselves right now. But with this added ingredient of equanimity, this is how it is. And I do not know how it is going to be. And perhaps this is how it needs to be in order of how it to be born, for something else to be born. Suffering might give birth to a new state of being, one where we are much happier than before. Equanimity enables us to go through this suffering with love for ourselves. To acknowledge the violent as well as the gentle, the ugliness as well as the beauty, the greed and selfishness as well as the compassion and mercy, the sickness, death, and decay as well as health and life, and to all of it, all of it, say yes, this is the ground on which true equanimity rests. That said, at this time in our nation's history, equanimity probably does not describe what most of us are striving for right now. On the contrary, many of us are striving for justice, for healing, for equality, some of us even for survival. And so what about the fight for social justice, you might ask? If we don't react to things that trouble us, if we are lukewarm, how will we get the energy to work for a better world? Both good points. But you can still feel deeply about something without being knocked off center by it. Equanimity does not mean that you are indifferent to events. Quite the opposite. It means that you care enough to admit that you do not have all of the answers. You realize that you cannot control the future, and what you think is the best may or may not be the way to go in the long run, or may not be the best path in the big picture. By maintaining equanimity, you remain open to possibilities, including divine grace. As the stuff of the world around us comes pouring in on us, instead of reacting with fear and aversion or greed and grasping, the art is to introduce a moment of clear, quiet awareness between the input or perception and the output or response. By adding this moment of awareness, we break the chain of reactivity that keeps us all so unconsciously bound. Look around and see how reactive people are to each other and how little space there is in that system. With a bit of quiet awareness, you have a different perspective in situations, 
And sometimes with that perspective, you can see alternatives in a diff difficult situation, which shifts the entire dynamic and brings peace and possibility anew. We have in every moment the capacity to pause, to become still, to quiet obsessive thinking and our racing through the day or running away from something unpleasant or uncomfortable. In any moment, we can stop and breathe and let go. And then it's possible to enter the next moment with more presence and balance and clarity and heart. Moving from reactivity to that space of non-judging, balanced presence allows us to respond from the best of who we are, from our awakened hearts. In the Sermon on the Mount, we are told of the Beatitudes, the eight paths to God. One of these paths is the way of the peacemaker. Jesus taught, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God, in Matthew 5, verse 9. As children of God, as descendants of God, the peacemakers carry the encoded DNA message of peace. Jesus is referring here to an active peace. Its intent is to foster the spiritual evolution of ourselves in everyone and everything in the world. It is not passive. The work of this active peace is not just to eliminate difficulties and adversity, but to transform them in a way that transcends a way of thinking that is dominated and determined by the shifting circumstances of life. We are all seeking to grow in spirit, to deepen our spirituality. To do this, we go through stages of growth, raising our awareness, learning to understand the role of the ego, learning to regain and maintain our center, and ultimately arriving at an abiding state of equanimity. Peace is a state of active, radical love, not unlike Jesus' example of forgiveness of the soldiers at the foot of his cross on Calvary. Active loving expresses itself as equanimity and is boundless in its potential. Equanimity also includes an element of wisdom, which is where its peace comes from. Our deepest suffering comes from an inability to deal with impermanence, and from craving to have things the way we want them to be, and to having a version of how things are. In equanimity, we've accepted the coming and going of difficult experiences and have neither craving nor aversion. We're also reminded that in a way, what we're wishing for in cultivating equanimity is that what, that what other beings, all beings, have equanimity. Really, we have the aspiration that all beings become awakened and experience the deepest and truest form of equanimity. We're wishing that they have the same openness and balance and peace of the awakened state that we have or that we strive for. When I say may all beings find peace, I don't mean peace and quiet, but enlightenment. We wish that the blessing of liberated equanimity, one of the uses of the word equanimity is as a synonym for enlightenment, arise in us and become manifest in others as well. When I reflect on the power of equanimity, I think of those times when we see beyond judgment and self-interest and realize that we are choosing instead of reacting. Those times when the pain of injustice is held in our hearts while the mind is still, steady, and clear. Those times when we make small choices that show great care and influence social balance. This is the power of equanimity. 
Equanimity enables us to know the energetic movements of mind without reactivity. It is an experience of grounded presence in the midst of extremes. When the mind is steady and responsive, and when we can say to ourselves, this moment is like this, and it doesn't have to be different right now, I can allow what is here and offer what is needed. And yet equanimity is not something we can force. It's an experience we come to recognize and nurture, nurture through mindlessness practice, mindfulness practice. Fortunately, even outside of formal meditation, you can reorient the heart toward that experience simply by bringing to mind intentions of equanimity. And here are several phrases you might use. So let's just take a moment here and pause to breathe. And take time to relax and linger in the goodwill motivating these phrases. May I bear witness to things just as they are. May I remain peaceful and let go of fixation. May I offer care without hesitation, knowing that I may be met with gratitude, anger, or resistance. May I offer care, knowing I don't control the course of life, suffering, or death. May I find the inner resources to genuinely contribute where needed. May I see my limits with compassion, just as I see the limits of others. I care about the pain of others, yet I cannot control it. I care for all beings, but my way is not the only way. All beings have their own journey, and I have mine. May I be free from preference and prejudice. May I see the world with quiet eyes. Friends, as we move through this Holy Week, the scripture stories of Jesus' last days, his triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, his Passover meal with his disciples on Monday, Thursday, his arrest, crucifixion, and death on Good Friday, and his burial and resting in the grave. They are perhaps, histor perhaps historical, and from a unity perspective, they are metaphysical, and speak of the soul's awakening, resurrection, and new life. They speak of our soul's evolution from darkness to light, fear to love, and resurrection to a new way of being. This Holy Week invites us to awaken more fully to that I am consciousness within ourselves and to recognize it in others, this consciousness that is mightier than any circumstance, and to release those things in consciousness that no longer serve our highest unfolding and to open to a new and resurrected way of being, an inner transformation that calls for outer transformation in our lives and in our world. So let's take a moment to close with a moment of conscious connection with source. And if these words resonate with you, I invite you to make them your own. The harmony of my being is sustained because in God there is no discord. God in me is not in conflict and therefore there is nothing of strife or dis-ease in my thought. This peace, which is God, is perfect understanding, love, and harmony, and keeps me integrated in God. I am calm and serene. All is right with me, and all is right around me. In God, there is always a way forward, and it is always good.
My thoughts and feelings are attuned to this good. And everything I do is the expression of that which is good. Likewise, I look for and expect the good in other people to express. I invite you to affirm, I live in a universe of harmony. For God, the center is peace. I live in a universe of harmony. For God, the center is peace. Peace be with you, friends. Have a happy Holy Week and a happy Easter. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate your donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.